Amen. Can, can we just go back to singing without the instruments again? That was, guys, that was awesome. It's nice to hear that. So, how are y'all enjoying the first week of summer? Man, that, y'all don't sound very excited about the fact that it's summer right now. All right, so I want to talk to you tonight about this idea of being prepared. How many of you are taking a vacation this summer? How many of you are taking a staycation this summer? Okay, there's a couple of you. So tell me, what are you doing to prepare for either one of those? What's that? Sleeping? Packing? What's that? Prepping? Okay. For those of you who are staying home, what are you doing to, to prepare for your staycation? Sleeping? I, 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 sleeping is a common theme I'm hearing here. Okay. So if, if you're leaving town... You got to pack a bag, right? What kind of things do you put in the bag? Clothes? Luggage that doesn't fit. What? Your toothbrush? Yes. Hander pants. Please, please pack your hander pants. Take them to camp, okay? That's going to be awesome. All right. Hey, if you don't know what hander pants are, Picture, Nathan Cannell will show you, but in case you don't know, it's tidy whities for your hands. It's like gloves with finger holes for your hands. It's, it's weird, but man, he rocks them when he puts them on, so you've got to check that out. What's that? Yes, you are, and you do a great job. You do a great job being weird. I appreciate that. Well, hey, I ask you guys that question because... Every single one of us, we're going to be doing something this summer. Whether you're staying here, whether you're going out of town, you're going to have to prepare. Anytime you get ready to do something out of the ordinary, you have to prepare yourself to do that thing. Now, some of you guys, come Monday, where are you going? Snowbird, you're going to camp. Yeah, a little advertisement here. You're going to camp in just a couple days. Hopefully, you have started preparing for that. Has anybody started packing for camp yet? Anybody? Like three of you? Four or five? Okay, so we all are getting ready. How many of you have, are going to wait till Sunday night? Yeah, that's going to be most of you. I'm, I am right there in that boat with you waiting till Sunday night. But here's the thing, guys. If you're going to camp, <coughs> if you're going to camp, a lot of times there's an expectation. We go to camp, we're going to go and we're going to, I promise you right now, you're going to have a blast if you're going to camp with us. But there's also an expectation because you're not just going to camp to have fun. There's going to be times where you're, you're in worship services kind of like this. You're going to hear the Word of God preached and you're going to hear it taught. And hopefully there's an expectation that you're going to encounter God while you're there. That, that you're going to see Him work in your life and maybe through your life and the life of somebody else. And in order for that to happen, you have to prepare yourself. You have to get ready for that. We get ready and we pack the bag and we pack the toiletries and we pack the hander pants and the clean underwear and all of that stuff and we make sure we've got it so that we're prepared for that part of the trip. But how often do we forget to prepare ourselves to encounter God? And, and some of you in here, you're not going to camp. So let's switch that question up. How often on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night when you're coming to church and you know that you're going to have the opportunity to encounter God, how often do you prepare yourself for that encounter? How often do you get yourself ready? And what we're doing tonight is we're going to talk about this idea of what it looks like to prepare, but we're going to go to the Old Testament and look at what happened in the Old Testament because there's a little bit of difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, how many of you know what the Holy of Holies is in the Old Testament? 
or the Ark of the Covenant. I got a couple hands on that one. Okay, so let's walk through this. In the tabernacle, the tabernacle in the Old Testament, do you know what that is? What is it? I'm getting hand signals back here. What is it? What's the tabernacle? It's a big building, but what was the purpose of it? Who said that? Did you say, yeah, it was like the church. The tabernacle in the, in the, in the Jewish religion in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, that was, that was where the presence of God was. That was kind of like the church for us. Now, we, we look at the, the New Testament and we see who Jesus is and what Jesus did and we read through all of the writings there in the New Testament. We understand that, that God's presence is not confined to the church building. And the Old Testament people knew that as well. However, that was, that was a sacred, holy place, the tabernacle, the church. That is where the presence of God dwelt. And it was in this thing called the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. I mentioned that a minute ago. That is where, if you've hold, heard the account from Genesis about the, the Ten Commandments, excuse me, Exodus, about the Ten Commandments, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments to put on the stone tablets, well, they put this thing in what they called the Ark of the Covenant. The Covenant, that is where God said, you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God, and this is the covenant that we have together. And that was the Ten Commandments. So they put those Ten Commandments in this, this basically really fancy box that was carried on poles and only certain people could carry it and only certain people could touch it. And if you touched it, you would die. In fact, there's one account in Scripture where they were walking it across a piece of land and it started to topple over. And one guy who just trying to do the right thing went to touch it to hold it up. And when he did that, he died. Because that's where God's presence dwelt can't touch you can't be in the presence of a holy god when you're a sinner so the ark of the covenant was where the ten commandments were that ark of the covenant was kept in the tabernacle but it was kept in a specific place called the holy of holies and what that is is in the tabernacle there was like this inner room and that's where the presence of god dwelt there in the Ark of the Covenant, and only certain people, only the high priest could go into that room. But here's the crazy thing. He couldn't just walk in there anytime he wanted to. He had to prepare himself. In order for him to go into the presence of God, in order for him to atone for the people's sin, he had to stop and he had to take measures to prepare himself to encounter the presence of God. And tonight in the book of Leviticus, it actually walks through all of the different things. We're not going to read the whole chapter because it's like 40 verses long or 30-something verses long. It's Leviticus chapter 16. And I just want to read for you the first 11 verses because I want you to see just some of the things that the high priest, who at that time was Aaron, brother of Moses, who, what he had to do to prepare himself just to encounter God, just to be in his presence. So do me a favor, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's word and let's walk through the first 11 verses here, okay? You ready? Follow along with me. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron. Remember that, that's going to be important later. When they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way Aaron shall come into the holy place, with a bull from the herd for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat, and he shall 
have the linen undergarment on his body and he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one for Lot, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it. Then it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of that chapter because there's a whole lot of other stuff that it goes through that Aaron had to do. But let me pray for us and we're going to look at why that matters right now. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can come together tonight. God, we thank you that we can be in your presence. God, that we can, that we can encounter you, God. That we can come before you. And God, I pray right now that we walk through this tonight, help us to see how you still, even though we don't have to do all of this, how you still call us to prepare ourselves to encounter you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So in that passage there, there's some very specific things that God says, hey, Aaron, you're the high priest. Here's what you're going to have to do. And he talks about having to bathe himself, to put on certain undergarments, to put on certain outer garments, to put something on his head, to go all through these, these different things that he had to do in order to get ready. And as you read through this, it kind of sounds like nonsense to us because we don't do this nowadays. But he talks about bull and goat sacrifices and burnt offerings and mercy seats. And, and, and as you go through this, what you see here is you see the word of God to the Israelites. And what God was doing is he was showing the Israelite people, hey, if you are going to encounter me, you need to prepare yourself to encounter me. This is not just a casual, hey, what's up, God? How you doing? He said, you, you need to take steps. You need to make sure you are ready. You need to make sure what, what they would consider this here is to be ritually clean. Which means Moses, or excuse me, Aaron, he couldn't just walk in and start making sacrifices for the people. Who did he have to sacrifice to forgive the sin of first? Himself. Not just himself, but who else? His family. It says, offer the bull for you and your family. Before Aaron could come in and represent the people of God before God, he had to be made right with God. And once he had done that, now he could come before God and, and help bring atonement for the other people. There had to be this, this bull offering. It was a, a sin offering, a goat for a burnt offering, special clothes to be worn, special coals on the fire and special incense. We didn't even get into all of that. But if you were an Israelite in the Old Testament, these preparations, these were normal for you. This is what the high priest had to do. He had to adequately prepare himself to come into the presence of God. And he had to do that for a reason. And look at this reason. It's back in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near to the Lord and died. So God gives Moses the, these instructions for the high priest, for his brother Aaron, only after Aaron's two sons came into God's presence when they weren't ready to come into God's presence. 
They had not prepared themselves to be in God's presence. This is a reference to earlier in Scripture where you've got Aaron's two sons. Their names were uh, Nadab and Abihu. These are two guys. Here's what they did. They got drunk and they decided that they were going to sneak into the Holy of Holies, this place where the presence of God dwelt, and that they were going to light a fire and, and see what the big deal was. And the problem is because they had not prepared themselves to be in the presence of God, because they had not cleansed themselves and made sacrifice for their own sin and the sin of their family, it didn't go well for them. When they lit that fire, God took what Scripture talks about as unauthorized fire and He let it consume those two guys because they weren't prepared to be in the presence of God. So what God did is God set up rules after that moment going forward so that the people knew what needed to be done so that they could have a relationship with Him so that they could be in His presence, so they could experience His forgiveness. In fact, it goes on in Leviticus 16 there in verse 12 and 13. It says, He shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of sweet incense, beaten small, and he shall bring it inside the veil and put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony so that he does not die. Every part of the preparation that God gave to Moses to tell Aaron, the high priest, every part of it was meaningful and it was important. God is literally saying, Aaron, you need to burn this incense. You need to set it inside the Holy of Holies so that there will be smoke. It will cover the mercy seat so when you come in, you don't stare at the presence of God. You don't even see it. Because that smoke is filling this room. He said, you don't get to see the glory of God. You get to be in its presence, but you don't get to lay your eyes on it. Because it would be too much for him. It would kill him. That's what's already happened with his two sons. There's even a legend that says, and, and we don't know this for sure, but it's, it's kind of scriptural lore, that the high priest, when he went into the Holy of Holies, that they would tie a rope around him. So in case he did something wrong, he hadn't cleansed himself properly, or he did something differently than the way God had instructed, when he went into that place and he did it wrong and he died because he was in the presence of God without preparing himself, that they could pull the body out with that rope. That's how serious this was. And, and we don't know if that's true, but it's a pretty big deal if it is. Between the incense and the special clothes and the special bath, God had thought of everything, but every bit of that was so that people could come into the presence of God. But he said, you have to prepare. You have to make yourself ready. And it's not just a making your body ready, it's a making your heart and your mind ready. This, this is a humbling thing, because as you look at this, Aaron had to follow these rules, and he didn't have to follow these rules. Pay attention to this. He didn't have to follow these rules because God was looking to kill somebody. He had to follow these rules because God is holy, because God is righteous, and because God and sin don't go together. So Aaron had to go through this ritual, through this process to prepare himself so that he could come before this holy, righteous God because his presence is powerful. And without that proper preparation, it could take Aaron's life. And the same thing is true for us. Now, as I said before, we, we don't go through all of these rituals, through all of these preparations. But how many times do we come where we know we have the opportunity to encounter God 
and we don't prepare ourselves. We don't get our minds and our hearts ready for what God's going to do. Here, God specifically built in safeguards to protect Aaron, all the while reminding him of how powerful God was. That power, those preparations, people of how holy God was. And when you actively prepare to meet God, you can't help but be reminded of who God is. You know, a lot of times we come in here, and, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sure some of the other adults are as well. Some of you guys may be. We come in here like on a Wednesday night, and, and we get up to sing, and our mind is on anything but the words we're actually singing. Because we haven't prepared ourselves to encounter God through music. And when we stand up, when we read the Scripture, I'm about to call some of you out. How many of you show up without even having a Bible? You're not prepared to get into God's Word. Some of you use it on your phone. That's great. I'm glad you're using it. But you show up with nothing. That's a simple preparation. It's a simple step to prepare to encounter God. Because when you prepare to encounter God, it brings to mind who God actually is. The fact that He is holy. The fact that He is righteous. We're, we're reminded of His glory, of His holiness. We're reminded of the ways in which He has prepared a place to encounter His people. Guys, we have this church here. We come together so that we can encounter God together. God's provided that for us. He's provided it through the people who met several blocks away from here 150 years ago who started this church who then moved to this campus and built the building next door and then they built this building and then we got the Winn-Dixie across the street. God has allowed all of that to happen. God has prepared a place for us to meet with Him because God wants to meet with us. That's what God did here because the truth is God desires to connect with His people. Stop and think about that for a second. God wants to know you. God wants you to know Him. You can go back to the book of Genesis and you can see that God has been setting that up from the, the beginning of time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God who he created him, male and female, he created them. God desires to have a relationship with us. Genesis chapter 6 verse 17. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Genesis chapter 6, God is getting ready to wipe out almost all of creation, including almost all of humanity, and yet He still made a way to connect with His people, to have a relationship. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In every one of these passages and so many others throughout Scripture, we see examples time and time again of God attempting to have a relationship with His people. Because that's what God wants. But God calls us to prepare 
to be in his presence. God wanted these people in the Old Testament. He wanted the high priest to prepare themselves because he wanted to make sure that the people had done what they needed to do to be able to receive what he was going to do in their lives. That, that's why we prepare ourselves when we come into God's presence. That's why we have to prepare ourselves for an encounter with God because we have to get ourselves ready for what God wants to do in us. For what God wants to do through us. It's easy to come to church and oh my gosh, I have done this so many times growing up. You come into church, you sing the songs, you listen to the sermon, maybe you take some notes and you walk out and everything you heard just went in one ear and out the other. Because I didn't prepare. Because I didn't think about why I was going. Because I didn't think about what I was hoping to get out of it. My expectation when I showed up for church was to show up, check it off the list, move on down the road to the next thing. Get to Sunday lunch. Get to a soccer game after Wednesday night and go play. To go do whatever I could do. I wasn't worried about church. And so much I missed about who God was growing up. I did all the church things. I was there every time the doors were open. All oh, my parents made sure of that. But how many times did I miss an encounter with God? Because I didn't prepare. How many opportunities did I not see God work through in my life and through me in the lives of others because I hadn't made myself ready for God to be able to use me the way that God wanted to use me? And all I had to do was prepare for that encounter. We do it. We do it every single day. Those of you who, who have just finished school, you prepared every day that you went to school. Maybe you didn't prepare for class, but you prepared to go to school. You got up and hopefully you brushed your teeth and brushed your hair and put on clothes and you drove. You got ready. Now, you might have saved your homework until you got into class. I can't speak to that. But you know what it's like to prepare. Every time if your family goes to the movies, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of us in here, we stop at the Dollar Tree on the way because we don't want to pay $35 for a box of candy at the movie theater. All right? We prepare for that experience, don't we? Have, ha, okay, does anybody's mom have the really big purse and you like set a drink down in the purse? Okay, I figured there was a couple of you in here that did that. But that's just it. Hey, we prepare for it, don't we? You get ready because you know, hey, you know what's coming. You know what to expect. So you get ready for it. That's exactly what God is showing us here. So that's the question I'm going to ask you tonight. I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I preparing to encounter God? For those of you that are getting ready to go to camp next week, what are you doing right now to get yourself ready for what God wants to do in your life starting on Monday. What are you doing? For those of you who aren't going to camp, what are you doing right now to get yourself ready? Let's just back it up a day so that you encounter God on Sunday. Labor or Memorial Day weekend, everybody gets a holiday except for those of you who are going to be here at 4 o'clock Monday morning. It's going to be early. Hey, just take Memorial Day for a second. For those of you who aren't going to camp, for those of you who normally wouldn't be going to camp on Memorial Day, you'd get up. Maybe you'd get dressed to go to the beach. You would prepare for that. 
sunscreen, towels, all that good stuff. Or maybe your parents are grilling out and you prepare for that. You go buy the meat, you go buy the food, you get the gas, you get the charcoal, you get everything ready. You prepare. What are you doing to prepare to encounter God? What is part of your routine to get you ready to encounter God? Are you asking God to prepare your heart and your mind for the message when you hear it? Are you asking God to actually speak to you through the words that you're singing when that music starts? Do you ever even stop and think about the words that you're singing? Because if you think about some of those words, and guilty as charged right here, some of those words call us to action while we're singing them and we don't do those actions. Songs where we say, I'm going to lift my hands and we stand here like this. Missed one. <laughs> or I get on my knees or I bow down and we don't do that. I'm not saying you have to do that every time. But I'm saying, are you thinking about the words? Are you thinking about who you're singing to and what you're singing about? Are you taking time on a day to get into God's Word to see who He is? Because what happens is, is we show up and we expect one of two things to happen. We expect that somebody else is going to encounter God for us and tell us what we're supposed to understand about God and tell us what we're supposed to do about what God's Word says. Or we show up with no expectation at all. We don't expect an encounter with God. We might have fun. We might play a, a neat game and get a keychain, something like that. But there's no expectation that we encounter God whatsoever. Ask yourself that question. Am I preparing to encounter God? We don't have to go through all of these Old Testament rituals and preparations because Jesus took care of that. Hebrews chapter 9 tells us that the first eight verses of that chapter walk through what the Old Testament ritual sacrifice preparation system was. But then the author picks up in verse 11. He says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once and for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, He is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgression committed under the first covenant. When Jesus stepped out of eternity and stepped into humanity, He died for our sins. Scripture tells us He became the high priest. He became the one that goes for His people into God's presence and offers atonement for them. That's what Jesus does for us. We don't have to take the bath and put on all the right clothes. Now, some of us, we still play that game. The way we dress on Sunday mornings, we think we have to get cleaned up and look a certain way, but that's not what Scripture says anymore. What we get to do is we get to trust in the high priest that God is. 
But he not only became the high priest, he also became the sacrifice. It's not bulls and goats and lambs and all of these other things anymore. It's Jesus. He's made a way for us to be in the presence of God. We don't have to go through all these Old Testament ritual and preparations that are lined out in Leviticus. Jesus took care of all of that. He came and became the perfect sacrifice once and for all for our sin. And my prayer for you tonight is this, whether you're going to camp on Monday or not, every single one of us has a role to play in preparing ourselves to encounter God. Every time. We have a responsibility. It's taking the time daily to get into God's word and learn about who God is and how he speaks to and through his people. It's taking the time to get on your knees and to talk to God and listen to God. It's preparing your heart and your mind to think, I may actually see God work this time. And when you prepare yourself for that, you will not be disappointed. Because God will show up. Because God always shows up. And God will work. And God will do things that we never thought God could do. Maybe for the next couple days before you come to church on Sunday or before you go to camp on Monday, maybe your, prepare, your prayer becomes Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Maybe that becomes your prayer as you prepare to encounter for what God wants to do in your life. Because when you prepare yourself to encounter God, you will. And he will blow your mind every single time. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can come together tonight. We thank you that we can spend time in your presence. God, thank you for what your word shows us about being prepared to do that. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you sent him to die for our sins on the cross. God, to become our high priest, to become the sacrifice that you require. Thank you, God, for working on our behalf to do something that we could not do on our own. Thank you that you always come after your people, God. You make a way for us to have a relationship with you. You make a way for us to encounter you. God, help us to be prepared for that. And if you're here tonight and maybe you haven't been preparing yourself. You've been showing up and you've been having a blast. Awesome. I'm so glad, so glad you are here. But are you preparing yourself to encounter God when you come together with God's people? If you're going to camp Monday, are you preparing yourself now for what God wants to do starting Monday morning? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Take a moment and talk to God right now. Maybe you want to stand up in a second when we start singing and you want to come down and get on your knees before God. Ask 
prepare your mind. Ask Him to prepare your heart so that you can encounter Him. Ask Him to show you what He can do in and through your life. And then sit back in awe and wonder as He does it. God, we thank You for who You are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.